much. Um, before just turning to the reading this morning and to what I want to share with you, I want to just say a couple of things. I, I want to just say thank you for following uh, the lead over these years. That's something I don't take for granted. Thank you for that. Thank you for continuing to pray. Uh, I want you to do that, please, as we move forward. Uh, thank you for your love and for your friendship. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Hilary. And uh, our, our kids, you know, do so much bits and pieces in the background that nobody gets to see. Uh, thank you to them as well. And uh, finally, just forgive me for the things that I have got wrong because I've got some things wrong at times as well. Uh, I'm not good at goodbyes, uh, and so I do, I'm just going to preach, okay? And I'm going to preach from Acts chapter 20. Uh, it's a great passage. It's a wonderful passage. I've been drawn to it for this morning. I'll be preaching from Ezekiel chapter uh, 33 this evening. Uh, but for now, uh, Acts chapter 20 in your pew Bibles uh, in front of you, if you can grab one of them, it's page 929. I'm reading from verse 17. So page 929, Acts 20, from verse 17. Now from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church to come to him. And when they came to him, he said to them, you yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time from the first day that I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews. How I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house, testifying both to Jews and to Greeks of repentance towards God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I am going to Jerusalem constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in every city that imprisonment and affliction awaits me. But I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I receive from the Lord Jesus, to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And now, behold, I know that none of you among whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock, and from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish every one of you with tears. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. You yourselves know that those hands ministered to my necessity and to those who were with me. In all things, I have shown you that by working 
hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. So Lord, will you speak? Will you speak out of these verses, uh, Lord, where, where Paul just uh, is uh, saying, Lord, uh, a word of commission and a, and a word of exhortation, Lord, to the church, would you commission and exhort us all today, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Sometimes this passage is called Paul's farewell address to the Ephesian elders. Sometimes it's called Paul's <coughs> farewell address to the church at Ephesus. It begins with him gathering the church together. It's not a great distance, actually, in terms of miles from Miletus to Ephesus. It's only about 30 miles, but actually the terrain was such that it took 30 days, not 30 days, three days to make that particular journey. And the little thought that I just want to draw out of that for us this morning is that following Christ should never depend upon convenience. Uh, it's not convenient sometimes to follow Jesus Christ. Coming together to worship on a Sunday uh, isn't always convenient or easy. To be in that place where we're ready to be taught God's Word isn't always straightforward for any of us. Uh, going to prayer times and prayer meetings isn't always the convenient thing to do. For you and I to be strengthened in our faith and for us to be those who strengthen others in their faith, uh, the faint-hearted in others, uh, isn't always easy. And it's not actually uh, for the faint-hearted. So here's the thing, friends, as you move forward as a church, and as I move forward into a new role, forget about convenience. It's not always going to be convenient, but we need to get on with it, I reckon. Uh, and, and by the way, that song, that, that didn't start at the beginning. There must be something about that song, because uh, it was the song that God really used to, to speak to me uh, to come here. I was washing the dishes uh, in the sink, Robert Oliver alluded to this, no intention of going to Willowfield, trying to be polite and to say no, when the words of that song came rushing upon me and I was on my knees in the kitchen weeping. Hillary was upstairs and didn't know any of it. And I just knew that we were going to be going in that moment. But the thing about the song was we hadn't sung it in Kilkeel for about three years because the last time we'd sung it was at an RTE broadcast live service. And the exact same thing happened as what happened this morning. Everybody was looking at each other and something went wrong on the first note. And, but we were live on TV. And, and, and so it was really just a strange moment uh, this morning when that happened again. Uh, but it was also uh, strange that that song should be the song that God would use back then. Be open to the inconvenient surprises of God as a church. Be open to those and ready for those. Some of the obstacles and some of the challenges that were around back in the day are, you know, are still around, uh, but in different shapes and in different forms. I, I, we, woke, we did a lot of uh, prayer walking. Uh, I'd been given a book called Angels on the Walls, uh, and so when wonders were put into the rectory or 
plants destroyed or whatever it happened to be, you know, there was a lot of prayer walking that, that happened uh, back in, in the day. I'm going to leave out some of this here, okay? And just get to the point. Pray like never before, okay? As you move forward, will you pray like never before? And you've got an ideal opportunity to do that in this hundred days. Pray like never before. Don't let all the things that have been hard fought for in prayer, hard fought for in people's serving and in people's giving, be lost. But actually, please nourish them and let them flourish and let them now blossom and grow so that because the best is yet to be and there's more, so much more for this place. So will you pray now like never before? And if you can, will you serve and give time like never before? Yesterday I had to do a little journey and as I was driving I made a telephone call that went on a long time. It lasted the whole length of the journey. I've actually got to get a ring uh, as a bishop. Will you pray that it arrives? It's been sent to England to be engraved. And I discovered that last night and it panicked me. But anyway, as I was driving back and talking to this friend, he said something that really struck me. He said, you know, David, things are different to what they were even 10 years ago. A lot of people find it difficult to give time to serve. One of the things that you're going to have to do as a bishop, he said, is encourage churches where they can't give time to serve to actually give their money so that they can actually pay others to do what needs to be done if the church is to really impact its society. So, so, so give time. And if you can't give time, give more and more and more by way of resources so that this place will go from strength to strength. Paul, as he was leaving the church at Ephesus, having gathered them together, having, they having traveled for three days long, they heard the apostles say this. Now from Lydus he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church to come to him. And when they came to him, he said this to them. You yourselves know how I lived among you the whole time from the first day I set foot in Asia, serving the Lord with all humility and with tears and with trials that happened to me through the plots of the Jews. There's an emphasis in these verses on pastoring. Lovely little phrase there, living among, living among. Friends, we're a church of Ireland, church, and a big part of our mission is to pastor and to care for and to tell those among whom we live where we're placed in this community about Jesus Christ. Keep on, keep on serving and loving this community. Living in the rectory across the way has been an interesting experience these past 19 years. It's had its moments, but it's been glorious. There's been a, a little thing that happened a number of times this last few days that has really took me by surprise. I've gone into a couple of the local shops and I actually thought that they maybe didn't even know who I was in these particular shops. But people from the community came up to me and put their arm around me and they actually hugged and wept 
uh, and they love this church. They may not come to it, but they depend upon it. And uh, that struck me in a fresh way. Don't disengage ever from the community where God has placed us, placed you. Having on staff people like John and Glynis and the youth and kids team and others, there's now fresh and different issues to address. The drug culture, the fear instilled by paramilitaries is still around. The heartache of suicide is at an all-time high, not just here, but across our city. We have the highest mental health figures of anywhere in Europe. So things like the prayer ministry team that Glynis heads up and our youth and children's ministry and John's ministry and all of these ministries are so desperately, desperately needed in our city and in our community in the years that lie ahead. At the heart of all that Paul writes, speaking about living among them, he speaks thirdly, and he reminds them of the gospel that he preached. And he reminds them of that so, so clearly in verse 20 to 21, how I did not shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public and from house to house, testifying both to Jews and to Greeks of repentance towards God and of faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. In Paul's making Christ known, Paul faced humiliation. Paul wept, but none of that deterred him from preaching and teaching the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Uh, these verses were Paul's charge to the elders, Paul's charge to the church. I want to give you a charge this morning as a church. Preach Christ. Staff, always preach Christ. Youth teams and children's workers and others involved in ministry, preach Christ to the next generations. Congregation, Make Christ known to as many as you can, as often as you can, as you too preach Christ. Congregation, make sure that there are pastors and evangelists out on our streets. It's into your hands to practically go on rising up to that challenge. Preach Christ. Paul preached Christ publicly in the streets. Did a little bit of that and didn't get any rotten eggs thrown at us. He preached Christ in public places and assembled gatherings, special gatherings for that purpose. And he preached Christ from house to house. Go on distributing the leaflets and the magazines and giving away the New Testaments and knocking the doors as often as you can to as many as you can. Preach Christ. Came across this quote this week where one scholar said, the church has yet invented nothing to supply the place or rival the effect of church 
and household preaching Christ. And the message that we must always share is the message of repentance towards God and faith in our Lord Jesus. Repentance towards God. Friends, this morning I want to ask each of you personally and individually, have you, do you know that you have, truly recognized that you were without sin, that you were rather a sinner, but that Christ was without sin, and that you were living without Christ until you repented towards God? Have you repented towards God? Have you become sorry and broken by your sin? Have you said sincerely to God that you're sorry for your sin? Have you, with God's help, begun to turn from a life of sin and to following Jesus Christ? That's repentance towards God. It's faith in Christ, believing that Jesus is the Son of God, believing that he forgives your past, believing that he cleanses your life, believing that he gives you a new, fresh beginning, that he makes you a new man, a new woman, gives you new goals, a new future, and will rewrite your history, quite literally. Rewrite your history. Becoming someone that's destined for heaven rather than hell. I want to ask you individually, as I've done over the years, have you repented towards Christ? And have you put your faith in Christ? If you haven't, please don't leave this church today without making that your commitment to Christ. And in these verses, Paul exhorts them to keep on following Jesus, 22 to 27. And now behold, I am going to Jerusalem, constrained by the Spirit, not knowing what will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies to me in in every city that imprisonment and afflictions await me, but I do not account my life of any value nor is precious to myself, if only I may finish my course and the ministry that I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And now behold, I know that none of you among whom I have gone about proclaiming the kingdom will see my face again. Therefore I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all, for I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. As Paul departs, the Holy Spirit is leading Paul on And he's saying to those that are being left behind, the Holy Spirit will lead you on. I, I, you know, am being led into something and I don't don't really know what it is. In some ways, that's not quite true. There's there's a lot of stuff bubbling in here that I want to see happening. But but the same Holy Spirit, it's only David McClay that's leaving Willowfield. That's not a lot, okay? The Holy Spirit will lead you into all sorts of wonderful blessings if you allow him. The Holy Spirit will lead you into new days of blessing and refreshment and growth and outreach and mission and this church blessing this community, but this church also empowering other churches to bless their community. Paul was on a journey and he was saying, look, I'm going to keep on traveling. And he's saying to the church at Ephesus that he's leaving behind, keep on traveling, but keep on traveling led and guided by the Holy Spirit. And that's what I want to see 
to you this morning. Keep on traveling. Keep on being led by the Spirit. Paul longs that they'll continue to always follow Christ, that they'll finish well. That's his longing. He longs that the work of, at Ephesus will actually really only be beginning. That would be my prayer for this place. But the work here would really only be starting now. That it would go to a whole new level and a whole new place. That's over to you and the Holy Spirit. But it's over to you to follow where he leads. It's over to you to sacrificially follow and serve. I, I, I long that in these streets and in this church, God will do something that's wonderful and lovely and amazing for his glory. Paul says, do it. Just get on with it. And that's the trust that I want to give all of you this morning. The word charge, actually, is often used about these verses. It's a strong word. Wouldn't be like me, would it, to not leave a strong word on this last day? Because it's not about us. It's got to be about you and this church, but above all, about him and his glory. And Paul says, therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all, for I do not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God. As you go on to read in the New Testament what happens in the church at Ephesus, when you read Paul's letter to the Ephesians, when you read the second chapter of the book of Revelation, you know, they could have done with listening a bit more to Paul's charge and to Paul's warnings and to heed what he was saying. But here's what he said. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church of God which he obtained with his own blood. So dear friends, please guard yourselves. Every one of you, pay careful attention to yourselves. Stay close to Christ. Stay close to God's word. Stay close to each other. Cover each other's backs. Forgive each other. Stay close to God. Stay close to his word. Stay close to each other. Shepherd and care for your own souls. And then shepherd and care for the souls of others. Do you know what will motivate you to do that more than anything else? Is this. That every soul and every home in the city of Belfast and far beyond has been bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's enough to motivate me and to motivate you to care for and to make Christ known to as many as possible, as often as possible. Paul goes on to strongly warn them not to be distracted by 
those whose priority will not be Christ or making Christ known. Not to give them any airtime. He actually calls them wolves. For I know that after my departure, fierce wolves will come in from among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves will arise men speaking twisted things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore be alert, remembering that for three years I did not cease night or day to admonish every one of you. Eastern shepherds were familiar with wolves, sometimes wolves hunted in packs, sometimes they, they would be singular wolves. Staff, do what you need to do. Proclaim Christ. Don't be distracted. Select vestry. Don't be distracted from the task of making Christ known to as many as possible. Congregation, put Christ at the center. Don't be distracted from that great task of making Christ known. Personally, I just long for and pray for everything that's good for this congregation. I pray that you'll flourish. I believe you ought to flourish, that you can flourish, that you should flourish, but it's over to you and the Holy Spirit. It's over to you and the Holy Spirit. So please stand. I'm going to pray just a couple of words from Acts 20 over you as a congregation. I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. And so I commend you to God, to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. And may the Lord pour out his spirit upon us all. Paul wrote, I covet no one's silver or gold or apparel. You yourselves know that these hands ministered to our necessities and to those who were with us. In all things, we have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And so, Lord, may we give ourselves to Christ. May we give ourselves to the work of the gospel. May we give ourselves, Lord, to you in such a way that you would fill us more and more with your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, fill your church and fill your people. And send us out in the power of that same Spirit to live and to work to your praise and glory. Amen. Amen.
chance we get to embarrass you both this morning but we as a church want to present you with a gift on behalf of the parish I've asked Ellen if she will do that so Ellen come forward if you two want to come forward to you and we'll present this gift of thanks towards you give you this on behalf of the whole congregation of Willowfield to say thank you and to wish you well as the next chapter begins. So thank you both so much for your dedication, your love and support to Willowfield.
Time to go home, folks. <laughs> uh, thank you so, so much uh, for this gift. Thank you so, so much for all your love and friendship. I, I said thank you earlier, I'll have to say it again. Just thank you, and there's people waiting to get in. Uh, if you wanted to come on Saturday and you didn't sign up earlier, there's, don't tell anybody I've done this, but there's a few invitation cards at the back. You scribble them down. If you just take one, you can present it at the door, but scribble down your name and email address, and I'll get somebody in the office uh, just to make sure that then when you turn up with it, that you'll get in, okay? Okay. So thank you. Bless you. Um, just real quick, um, one announcement I will give you. There's a sign-up sheet to 24-7 prayer at the back. There's a few slots left. Do sign up to that. There is tea, coffee, and nibbles in the Micah Center. We'd love you to stay for that. There's also lunch after uh, the, serve, the next service. Prayer ministry team along the front. Please do stay and join us. Bless you all. Happy Sunday. His name is above disease. His name is above cancer. His name is above every other name. That is who Jesus, and that is who you are. Oh, I know that is who you are. Amen, amen, amen. the goodness of God. 